Hello, my name is Jody Lee Mott, and welcome to Dream Gardens, where we talk up the kids' books we love. On this twice-monthly podcast, I interview other kids' books enthusiasts, such as writers, teachers, and librarians, about their own favorite children's books. The poem I'm going to start off this week is called Rhythm Is. Uh, It was written by Charles R. Smith. It can be found in his poetry book, Perfect Harmony, A Musical Journey with the Boys Choir of Harlem. He also provided the photos uh, for this book, uh, The Boys Choir, that accompany each of the poems he wrote. Now, Charles R. Smith is an award-winning author. He's also a photographer and poet. His books include Brick by Brick, Hoop Kings, Hoop Queens, I'm America, and 12 Rounds to Glory. Uh, This was a biography of Muhammad Ali that won a Coretta Scott King Award. Now, like all the poems of the book Perfect Harmony, Rhythm Is uh, celebrates the uplifting spirit of music, but in this case, with an emphasis on the underlying beat. Rhythm Is by Charles R. Smith, Jr. Drumsticks tick, 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 rhythmic licks with a flick of the wrist. Like the thump of a drum, rhythm hums, a track for voices to glide, slide, and ride upon. Creating constant sound with a background beat, rhythm is the clock that keeps vocal cords on their feet. Setting lyrics in motion, rhythm is an ocean filled with the pump, 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 pump sound of heartbeats, the jump, 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 jump of double Dutch feet keeping time with rope, skip, skip, skipping on concrete, the dribble, dribble, stop that makes jump shots drop, the pop, 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 pop sound of kernels getting hot. From a nod of the head to a shake, shake, shake of the feet, rhythm lives in you, rhythm lives in me. Rhythm in the song of life breaks, breaks down to one simple key, marching your own voice to your own rhythmic beat. My guest today is Kimberly McDermott, an elementary teacher and one of the founders of the blog Story Mamas. You can find the blog at storymamas.com. Uh, thank you for joining me today, Kimberly. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Now, can you talk a little bit about that blog, Story Mamas, what it is and how it came about? Sure. Myself and two other of my friends, Courtney and Ashley, make up the team called Story Mamas. And we used to work together teaching in Chicago um, quite a few years ago. And we just shared passion for books together while we talked. And since then, we kind of been our separate ways in our lives in terms of teaching other places. And we both, well, not both, we've all three of us now have two kids. So even though we weren't teaching, we would text each other all the time. What have you read to your son lately? Or what are you reading to your, aloud to your third grade class? And we just text back and forth. And oh my goodness, did you see that Kale Atkinson has a new book coming out soon? And just between the three of us, we would get so excited about books to share with each other and our kids and our students that we one day said, Let, let's share this with the world. We really kind of want to spread the love of how wonderful children's literature is out there and how many different people it can reach, the characters that people are building these days and the circumstances and the backgrounds just between picture books and middle grade books. We sat down and said, yeah, let's start a blog about it. So we first kind of 
were geeked out about this blog and we started putting stories about stories on it, stories about um, books we've read. And we realized that putting a lot of narrative content on a blog with two children and working moms was really hard task for us. But we really didn't want to give up the vision of really helping people learn about books and how great they are. So we said, why don't we kind of move a little bit into a book a day kind of feature. And we started doing that on Instagram and Twitter. And we do hashtag story mama's book a day. And that was really very successful. And then we also started to think about what other ways can we connect with readers out there. And we thought of doing author interviews. And we happened to work with Abby Cooper, who is a middle grade author, who writes the book uh, Sticks and Stones and Bubbles, which are two wonderful books. So if you haven't read it, you should, you guys listening out there should look her up. And we said, can you do an author interview for our blog? And she said, sure. And Then she also said, would you like me to spread the word? And she did. And other authors started contacting us to be on our blog. And we just started reading a lot of books and just loving what we're doing. And we found so many great authors and stories from this for ourselves and our students and our kids. And we hope that doing the book a day and we've actually just started branching off into Facebook and It's just been a wild and amazing ride of learning about the process of writing a book and talking to authors and illustrators, and we hope to continue it. And just being that we're friends, too, it's been just a really great, great thing. Sounds like there have been a lot of changes over time when you first started. How long has the blog been up now? So we started as a different blog called Stories About Stories, and then that might have been about a year. And then we said, that really doesn't tell our whole story. So we thought of Story Mamas, which sort of has been a little bit more easy to tell the story there. And we were able to get the domain name and Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. But wouldn't you know, someone on Gmail has Story Mamas already. So (laughs) our email is still the same. But yeah, kind of morphed us into that book a day. And then we also on the blog. Now, we do put narrative stories like we originally hoped to. We're not doing it every day, but we do book a day every day. And then also, we just ran a giveaway this week that an author wanted us on her blog tour. So that was on our blog. So you've had a chance to read a lot of books. And I'm wondering, uh, besides the book we're going to talk about today, have you come across another book that's really caught your interest? Oh my goodness, there are so many that did that. If you haven't read the middle grade, Ellie Schwartz writes Finding Perfect, which is just fantastic. Her writing is just beautiful. And she comes out with another book at the end of January that we were able to read in advance called Smart Cookie, which is just as wonderful. She is just someone to look out after. Also, The Way to Be, B-E-A, by Kat Yee was just something fantastic, and it kind of fell into our laps that the um, publisher sent to us. And, you know, we all three Story Mamas loved it. Yeah, I can go on and on, but those two kind of stick out as middle grade books. Another picture book-wise, 
I had mentioned uh, Kale Atkinson, but this year he came out with Where Oliver Fits about a puzzle piece not fitting. And it's just great and metaphorical about being yourself. And Debbie Ridpath Oe came out with a new book this year, Sam and Eva, which is just fun about collaboration and using your imagination and working together. So those off the top of my head. The book you chose as uh, one of your favorite kids' books is Beatrice Zinker, Upside Down Thinker, which was uh, illustrated and written by Shelley Johannes and published in 2017 by Hyperion. For readers who might not be familiar with this particular book, what can you tell them about it? I actually got this book. There's a wonderful children's bookstore in Denver, Colorado, and they gave me the arc of the book, so I was able to read it in advance. But I had also heard about it because Shelley, the author, had written on the Nerdy Book Club blog about this book. And basically, it is a middle grade book, but I would say even starting in second grade, it's about a girl, Beatrice Sinker, who just is just that out-of-the-box kid, and she is just a wonderful character, and embraces who she is and likes to think upside down and she has a best friend who doesn't think upside down and she throughout the book starts a new grade and the teacher doesn't kind of understand her quirkiness a little bit and she has a hard time being who she is she's really just at heart the character is she's true to herself and unique and really is a good friend and what is it about this book in particular that really appealed to you personally? I think being a classroom teacher and just knowing so many of the kids these days are more outside the box thinkers and are those upside down thinkers that it was great to have just this character who was so relatable. When I was reading it, the character's name is Beatrice, but in my head I'm thinking, oh, that's also so-and-so I had in my class one year and that's so-and-so. And I think if I had this book to give to so many kids throughout my career, they would really embrace who they are and know that they're just, it's great that they are those type of kids. And, you know, there's no mold they have to fit to, to be themselves. And you think that's the appeal for this particular character? It's either somebody that they could identify or maybe they wish they could be more like in some ways? I guess you're right. Yeah, being more like, free thinking. That's a good way to think about it. I've also met the other side of the coin kids who are very meticulous and can't really stray from black and white. So I guess this is kind of a fun character for them to see what it can be like on the other side. Now, the main conflict in the story is one that a lot of kids can probably identify in some ways. She has a friend who's changed over the course of the summer, and it's a situation that's really out of her control. She does try to take control of it, but it doesn't quite work out. And it, that's kind of a, a hard lesson for some kids. Yeah, I mean, Beatrice, yeah, when she comes back from the summer, she had had a plan with her best friend Lenny to do some top secret spying during recess. And she comes back to school and Lenny is just wearing different clothes and has a new friend. And she doesn't want to play with Beatrice at recess. She wants to play with a new friend. And I think Beatrice is kind of was trying to figure out a way to fit into Lenny's new life. I don't think consciously she knew trying to be herself 
the new friend wanted to play veterinarian during recess. And Beatrice was like, oh, I'll play. I'll be the bat. And how many kids, if you ask them to play veterinarian, would ever pick a bat? And, you know, she would want to be flying in the air and ends up getting hurt at recess. And they're kind of where the story takes takes off there. I'm wondering, we talked about Beatrice being somebody somebody the kids might identify with or want to be. I'm wondering if uh, some other kids might also identify with Lenny in some ways. That is, somebody who's trying to form new friendships, a new identity. And, you know, sometimes that means uh, hurting somebody else. And so they might have that same sort of experience that Lenny has. Yes, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I think it's putting the spin that middle school is tough and just that this is the time that there's a lot of changes with friendships. You realize who is your friend, who isn't. It's not, they're not your friend, but who you identify more with and have more likes and interests as you become your own person. So I think it's a good example to show readers that friendships change and you don't have to lose your best friend if they have new friends. And there are ways that you can really kind of incorporate new friends and old friends and figure out ways to make things work, that it's not all or nothing. You think as a a classroom teacher, this might be a book that could be introduced in the class as a way of starting a talk about friendships and what friendship is or isn't, and that helping the kids sort of to work through those ideas themselves. Yeah. I'm actually not in the classroom this year, but had I been... This would have been one of my read-alouds. Whenever I go back, hopefully soon, I will be using it as a read-aloud for those reasons of friendship and changes and being yourself. Now, along with uh, kids, obviously this is a book written for kids, especially younger kids, but uh, could it be even a book for adults, that is, adults working with kids or just knowing kids, because they're both examples of adults who understand Beatrice and just don't get her at all. And so would this be useful for adults to read as a way of uh, looking at kids in their own lives? Absolutely. I mean... At the very, very beginning of the book, Beatrice is, I think, believe it was either first or second grade teacher, I don't remember which one, that she gave Beatrice an award for being an upside-down thinker, and it just made her so proud and happy. Um, And then, unfortunately, the next year's teacher was like, three strikes and you're out, you can't do this. And it kind of, like, deflated her in a little bit of a way, and I think it would be a great book to realize to let kids do some of these things to really help them become who they really are meant to be. As part of Story Mamas, you actually had a chance to do an interview. I don't know if it was in person or just exchanging notes. And I'm wondering, did that change or deepen in some ways uh, the reading of the book? Yeah, I mean, all these interviews we've been doing on Story Mamas with the authors have really given us kind of a light into their heads and how characters are created, their process in writing. And Shelley was no different. We did not meet her in person for the interview, but she happened to be doing the Beatrice book launch in Michigan where I live. And I did go visit her and meet her in person at that point. But Shelley was very funny that she was happy to do the interview, but she said, I need some time to kind of think and revise and, 
And uh, she took a while to do it, which was fine with us. But she's like, now you could see a little bit into my head of how things, you know, I work things and then I rewrite and I rework and I like to find the perfect kind of way to say things. So, yeah, we were we were pleased with what she had to say. This is a more a personal question. Do you consider yourself to be an upside down thinker or is that something you have to work on yourself? I would say, yes, I am not a very a student who needed to just sit and I, I like to move around. I was a very well-behaved kid. I think when I got home, it became I just would talk and talk and talk. That was kind of my thing. But I find that I'm I'm a creative person. So I don't know if upside down is where I think, but I, I, I definitely relate to Beatrice. And I was fortunate that many teachers along my way kind of embraced my thinking and my, my ways. Are there any particular passages uh, from the book that you'd like to share? Sure. So it's funny, I've read this book now two full times. And when you asked me to kind of think about a part, I had originally had one in my head. And then when I reread it, there was a part that struck me in relationship to my son, who's three years old, and he loves doing puzzles. And I've watched him kind of be great at it. And puzzles are not, not my thing. Just spatial relations are hard for me and watching him know how the pieces fit. But I've always told him, you got to do the corners first, the edges, and he really will not do it that way. But he always accomplishes the puzzle. So when I reread the book, there was a part where Beatrice was doing a puzzle and um, it just reminded me of the conversations I've had with my son. It, it starts, Chloe walked over to the puzzles. We can just look at the picture on the front. I never look at the picture, said Beatrice. You don't? She doesn't, said Lenny. It ruins the surprise, said Beatrice. I just start with a piece and I like to see where it goes. But you don't even do the edges first, said Chloe. That's like Puzzles 101. Beatrice shrugged. If I had to start with the edges, I don't think I'd ever do a puzzle. I just thought that was just kind of great writing on Shelley's part to just show how different people are and I it just it just got to me because that's the conversations I've been having recently. Kimberly, thanks so much for uh taking the time to talk to me both about your about the blog Story Mamas and about this book which gave me a chance to read it. I hadn't read it before. Uh so I do appreciate having that chance to speak to you today. Yes, thank you so much for reaching out. I appreciate what you do for children's literature also and I hope people listening will Go out and read the book and let us know what you think on Story Mamas. You can find Kimberly's blog at storymamas.com. Thank you for joining me on Dream Gardens. The theme music titled All Together is provided courtesy of Purple Planet Music. You can visit them at www.purpleplanet.com. Podcast cover art is provided by Creative Pro 180, courtesy of Fiverr, which can be found at www.fiverr.com. You can visit me at jleemott.com or follow me on Twitter at DreamGardensJLM. The Dream Gardens podcast is also available through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like what you hear, please comment, share, or subscribe. Until next time, keep dreaming, keep growing, and keep reading. Keep reading.